Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. ago, a group of believers were seated on the veranda at Outlook Bible Camp in Warren, Connecticut, and were sharing experiences that they had in their Christian life. Each had a different story of how he met the same Lord who changed all their lives. One man sat quietly listening for some time, and then he spoke. Let me tell you about Barry Dunn, the bravest Christian I ever knew. He's home with the Lord now, and many others will be there because of Barry's testimony. After I finish my story, you'll understand why I call him the bravest Christian I ever knew. First, he pointed out that the story took place in the old days, in a tough section of Newark, New Jersey, called West End, where crime ran rampant, and the kids learned young the finer points of the seamy side of life. 
Barry was a street preacher that the Lord picked right out of one of those West End gutters with the message of the good news of the Savior for the other gutter rats. The tremendous change in his life coming from the new nature imparted by the Lord Jesus Christ never ceased to amaze Barry. Every chance he got, he mounted a box on the West End street corner, and with his well-worn testament and foghorn voice, he preached to all. They knew Barry before the Lord had gotten a grip on him, and they had seen this change. It counted for plenty, and because of that, he always had a good crowd around when he preached. One Saturday night, on the spring of 1932... Things were especially noisy and sinful. Loud singing and cursing and fighting provided the background for Barry's sermon. Midway in Barry's sidewalk sermon, the crowd suddenly parted as a big fellow with a mean look and an ugly scar running the length of one cheek pushed through and stalked up to the box. His actions showed that he had one too many. But it wasn't this that made the crowd grasp and fall into silence. It was the pistol he carried in one hand. And with the other hand, he grabbed Barry by his arm and shoved the pistol in his face. Listen, you fool preacher. If you don't cut out that kind of talk, I'll blow your head off right here and now. For a moment, Barry just stood there looking at the big fellow up and down. Then as the fellow let go of his grip... Barry leaned over and said, Well, go ahead and shoot if you want. I'll just be absent from the body and present with the Lord who cared enough about this broken wreck to come down and save him. And when I get there, I'll turn to the Lord and ask him to forgive you. The old devil has gotten a bad grip on you. I'll ask the Lord to send someone else to set you right. The big fellow just stared at Barry and suddenly dropped the pistol and ran. The other Christians the Bible conference now knew why Barry Dunn was the bravest Christian, but they still wondered what happened to the big fellow with a scar running down his cheek. Was he saved? But the bell rang before the questions could be asked. But as the big man got up from his chair, they all got a clear look at the ugly scar that ran the length of his left cheek. Listen now as Larry Grable sings for us this beautiful song entitled, We Shall See Jesus. We shall see Jesus Just as He is Once on a hillside thousands were fed. He touched the blind eyes, healed broken spirits, moved with compassion. He raised up the People were gathered 
watching as Jesus was crucified. No one showed mercy to the one who had healed them, yet Jesus loved them as he suffered and died. Once on a hillside, people were gathered, for Jesus had risen and soon would ascend. to the heavens and gave them his promise to come back again. We shall see Jesus just as they saw him. There is no Listen to Joy in the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning that you are encouraged and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church of your own to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible honoring, Bible teaching church to join us for our services. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Here we have many classes for the various age groups. We also have a supervised nursery for the little ones for all of our services. Then at 10.45 we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. Then at 6.45 we begin our closing service of the day, our evening fellowship hour. It is important that Christians gather together to study God's Word. Listen now as Cheryl Howman plays for us on the piano this wonderful song, Medley.
Do you know what it takes to make a church work well? Some of the same kind of God-given design and purpose that makes a beehive work well. The honeybee has one of the most highly developed social structures in the animal kingdom. At the heart of the hive, which may house as many as 80,000 bees, is the queen bee. Without her, the colony has no future. But the 80,000 don't just sit around watching their queen. Each has a specialized duty to fulfill. Some are the forager bees, which encounter the perils of the outside world in order to collect food. Guard bees protect the hive entrance from intruders. But even more specialized functions are being performed. Scientists have recently learned that a few bees serve as undertakers. They are responsible for removing the dead bodies from the hives. And other bees are water collectors who bring in moisture to regulate humidity. In addition, plasters make a kind of cement to repair the hive, and scent fanners station themselves at the entrance and fan the scent outward to signal the location of the colony to lost or disorientated bees. Another kind of bee, the scout, keeps the hive alerted to opportunities and dangers in the outside world. The variety and specialization of the worker bee seems endless. Similarly, the Lord has given special tasks and gifts to all the people of his church. No one has been called to merely sit and watch the queen bee. Everyone has a job and the work of the church will not get done unless everyone cooperates. Listen to the words of this song as Steve Bolt sings, Through It All. Through it all Through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus And I've learned to trust in God Through it all I've learned I can depend upon His Word. I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys. Have you been able to do that? And I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I'd never know that He could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God can do. Through it all, through it all, 
have learned to trust in God through it all through it all yes I've learned I can depend upon this Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 1 Corinthians twelve ten. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Here are a few questions to think about and biblically answer. Is speaking in tongues found in the Word of God? Yes. Is speaking of tongues some kind of just gibberish? No. Is speaking in tongues a known human language, but it was unknown to the speaker? Yes. Was speaking in tongues a spiritual gift, a revelatory gift, given to the church at Corinth? Yes. Is speaking in tongues in operation today during the present dispensation of grace? Emphatically, no. Do some believers have this spiritual gift given to them today? No. Speaking in tongues are mentioned in three books of the Bible, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14, and Acts chapter 2, 10, and 19. Now some thoughts on speaking in tongues and the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues was a human language and not gibberish, as some try to suggest, or the language of angels. Acts chapter 2 verse 6 says, And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. From the Greek word language, we get our English word dialect. Look at the other occurrence where the specific word appears and how it is translated. I'll just give you the verse of scripture. I'd encourage you to read them. I'm just going to point out this word. Acts 119, it's translated tongue. Acts 2.8, tongue. In Acts chapter 21, verse 40, 22, verse 2, and 26, 14, it's the word tongue, but sitting in front of it is the word Hebrew. So if tongues were just some kind of gibberish and not a human language, why would the Bible, why would God's word use this word, which indicates language, even their own dialect? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 21 and 22. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, why speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serves not for to them that believe not, but to them which believe. First Corinthians fourteen twenty one is a reference back to Isaiah chapter twenty eight, verse eleven and twelve. Simply put, 
The Jews would not listen to God when he spoke to them in the Hebrew language to the prophet Isaiah. So God was going to speak to them in a human language that they would not understand. It was going to be the language of the Assyrians. Tongues was assigned to Israel because of their unbelief. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. The gift of tongues, the gift of the interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues was a supernatural gift given to translate an unlearned language so the believers who were present would be edified. The word kind of tongues is a reference to normal human languages. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 and 28. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, and the word unknown is italicized because it's unknown to the person who is speaking it, but it is a human language. Let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. If the person who had the gift of interpretation was not at church that day, the one speaking in tongues was to remain silent. The one speaking in tongues obviously knew who had the gift of interpretation and that speaking in tongues was absolutely controllable. Some have even suggested and taught that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. This is absolutely false. We are saved through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection, His shed blood forgives us of all of our sins. Mark chapter 16, verse 16, verse 17. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And we recently talked about this with the so-called Great Commission. This is not our gospel message today. Our gospel message, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. If Mark 16, 17 verses following, is a standard, the test for being a true believer. There has not been a believer on the earth since the time of the Apostle Paul. Mark 16, 16 is not our gospel message. Today, tongues has ceased. Why did the Corinthians have the gift of tongues? And why is tongues not in the operation now during the present dispensation of grace? Why has the gift of tongues ceased? When was 1 Corinthians written? It was written during the Acts period, somewhere between Acts 13 to 28. It was one of the six epistles written during this time of the Pauline epistles. The others include Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, and 1 and 2 Thessalonians. At that point, they did not have a complete Bible. They, they did not have Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Philemon and 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus. So God was using tongues for edification. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 8. Charity never fails, but whether it be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether it be tongues, they, they shall cease. Whether it be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that is, which is perfect has come, here's 1 Corinthians 13, 10. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be, shall be done away. And I wouldn't encourage you to continue reading down to verse 13. Tongues. The spiritual revelatory gifts have ceased. They have stopped. They have been rendered inoperative because the perfect came. And the perfect is not a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. Though we confess 
We emphatically confess he did not sin, he could not have sinned because he is God manifested in human flesh. The perfect is the completion of the word of God through the Apostle Paul. Colossians chapter 1 verse 25. It is so important to study God's word. It is so important to rightly divide it. If you have any questions about this study or any other study that we've had, or if you'd like a specific verse studied in the light of the word of God rightly divided, please contact us here at the Altoona Bible Church. The phone number is 9 or you can email me at altunabible at altunabible.org. We need to study. We need to rightly divide God's word. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my name.